Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. He was there from the start. Um, it says that uh, you know, he doesn't cast a shadow. And I'm trying to imagine, I think it's because he didn't have any edges. There was no beginning side, no ending side. It's just all God because we exist in him. He doesn't exist inside the world that we live in. The Bible also says that um, when he was speaking to Moses and when he called him, that... Um, he, he told Moses his name was I Am. That was the only way to describe the essence of who he was. And so then later in the New Testament, when the Pharisees were testing Jesus and they said, who is it that you say that you are? Jesus said, I Am. He is the God of ages, the eternal God. Amen. We just want to um, give him glory and and honor in a song. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn he is the first, the last, the one who 
Amazing God, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Be 
Don't you lift up your hands. I just begin to thank the Lord. For none of us here is worthy, even deserve to be here. That Jesus Christ came and died for us. Died for me and you. He overlooked so many things. Imagine the things that you have done. I have done. 
I'm not even worthy to stand in this office. For what? For what reason that he has to come and die such a death for me? For you. But today, God misses the grace. He misses the truth with the grace. Today we have life. Lift up your hands and begin to thank him for his grace and mercies. Hallelujah. I just want to honor the Holy Spirit. Today is a Father's Day. I want all of us to stand before God and honor God, our Abba Father. And let's say happy Father's, to, happy Father's Day to our dear Father, Jesus Christ. Everybody, lift up your voice. Honor him. Tell him that you are grateful for you to be chosen as a daughter, as a son here today. And because of that, you want to honor him. You want to honor the Abba Father whom has birthed you, whom has given birth to you, whom has redeemed you, whom has restored you by his blood. God, by the blood of Jesus, you have life. Honor him. Two minutes, begin to honor the Lord for what he has done for you. In the name of Jesus, oh my God. Father, we thank you. Happy Father's Day, O oh Lord, Abba Father. Happy Father's Day. The next 30 seconds, acknowledge the Lord for being your father. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands with a lifted up of hands. You are honoring Father. You are honoring God, the Abba Father himself, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Throblendo, blezabela, maribo, libra andole bezebrendo, nimo, mini abladuste, lebreche brando, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I also want us to acknowledge our father, Bishop Doug Howard Mills. Let us acknowledge him. Let's acknowledge Apostle Jewel. Let's acknowledge Reverend Dr. Charles Osei, Reverend Lindsay. Reverend Kwame and all the bishops that God has given them to us as fathers, please lift up your hands in the next three minutes. Acknowledge them and wish them Happy Father's Day. Maros Tebrendo Limbra and Santala Broshima Hatubiya Katabando. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our Father that you have given unto us, Father, our all spiritual fathers that you have given them to us, O God to feed us with knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Savior, my God, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Last but not least, I want us to acknowledge all the fathers that are here. I want us to acknowledge them. Let's acknowledge them and wish them Happy Father's Day. All fathers here, Happy Father's Day and God bless all of you. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. You can wait. Stay, you can wait. Hallelujah. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. You can wait.
Today is Father's Day, and I have a message that I want to share, which is it's a personal life. I'm preaching my life, but don't judge me. But if you do, I don't even care, because you are not the one that's going to bless me. It's the Lord who is going to bless me. But you can sit and just judge me. Either you take something out and learn from it rather than judging me. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Your amen is so weak. You're not happy for what is coming. Glory be to God. You know, if you are here and you are not a parent, I don't even know how to title this message, but if you are here and you are not a parent, don't tune out because you will need it one day. Whether you become a parent or not, because a time will come, a difficult time will come for you. Difficulties does not only come to parents, it comes to everyone, whether you like it or not. As spiritual as you are, you will still experience difficult because it's part of our life that we live. Christianity is about losing, dying, sacrificing. So if you are a believer, you will go through certain things, which is normal. But do not deviate from the word. Press on to the word. That is when you see that you are a true believer. When trials and tribulation comes in our way, the more you ponder on the word, determine the level of your spirituality and your relationship with the Lord. Because you are entrusting that you cannot do nothing on your own. Wherever you are, you are depending on the Holy Spirit to deliver you. Is somebody hearing me? I hope I'm preaching the word of God to you. You know, growing up, a young boy from a city in a certain country begin with G. Living with a city with a letter begins with K. In a part where it's very, very notorious. That also begins with A. Associated with another letter called F. And another letter called A. When you have A, F, A. If you have this thing following you, it's only God that can redeem you. Is somebody hearing me? See, somebody res responded yes, sir, because he also grew up from the same neighborhood. And he, he, he knows how it is to, to grow up there and be standing a place like this. It's only by the grace of God. To sit in this auditorium, if you are from such neighborhood, it's only by the grace of God. So if I'm standing here, my life is the testimony for what the Lord came down for. Hallelujah. It's a good place to put your hands together. <laughs> Pastor, you are talking about your life and we want us to clap for you. You don't understand. It's a testimony. Please, I don't want to see anybody outside. If you are outside, please come inside. There is no need to sit anywhere outside the church. You came to church to hear the word of God. Let me entitle this message 
call Parenting with Hope in the Worst of Times. Parenting with Hope in the Worst of Times. Your worst time will come. But I want to assure you, as you keep pressing on the Lord, God will deliver you. Memory verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Our memory verse today states that being defamed, we entreat, we are made as the filth of the world and are the offscoring of all things unto this day. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. Can we all say it together please? It sounds very gibberish to you <laughs> because everybody was like, what does this mean? What Paul is trying to tell us from the first service, what we learned from is that we are Christians where people speak evil towards us. They say all sorts of things as believers and we tend to respond softly, nicely to them as if it's okay. It's not okay. When evil is spoken over your life, Reject it and rebuke it. Is somebody hearing me? If somebody call your child, you are a stubborn child, tell that person, my child is not stubborn. She, my child is fearfully and wonderfully made, and he is a child of God, and I accept no such languages over my child. Rebuke it. Because people tend to have words for our children. We are believers. We should not tolerate any foolish words over us. We are expecting people to tell us that you are blessed. You are redeemed. You are blessed with many blessings. Don't let anybody tell, tell you that your life has become stagnation. It's not a word for you. Tell the person, I am a product of God and I will be blessed. And my life will be glorified in Jesus' name. God will glorify it over you. The beauty of God will come over your life in Jesus' name. Put your hands together for the Lord. So that is our memory verse for today. Um, we're going to say it one more time and we'll take it as a homework. And next week we come, everyone here will quote it without looking. Do you believe that? Shall come to pass. First Corinthians 4.13, why don't you start again one more time please. We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscoring of all things unto this day. 1 Corinthians 4.13. God bless you. Please, I'm hoping that you will incline your ears to what is coming. I literally wrote my message. I just, because I didn't know how I'm going to preach about it, but I let the Holy Spirit lead me to guide me to speak to you so in a way it's a letter to you if only you can receive it and embrace it I believe you will be blessed hallelujah 
My message is from the book of Micah. Many of us may not know where Micah is, but I believe <laughs> it's not in the New Testament. Neither is it in the, the first five books of the Old Testament. Neither in the middle of the Old Testament. But it's still in the Bible. Somewhere. Somewhere you will find the prophet Micah, who also wrote something. Hallelujah. And his life has literally affected me, whom God has saved to stand before you and preach to you. So I'm hoping this man lifestyle, that's a prophet lifestyle that has affected me, will also affect you and change your heart. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Micah chapter 7, verse 1. We are reading up to 20. In between, we will break and we share what, is, what I have written and share. How many of you have heard about a preacher called John Piper? Wonderful. He's a great preacher. He preached the word of God. Bishop talks about him all the time. He doesn't talk much like he talks about uh, Rick Joyner, but he talks about him, and I decided to study him. And this is what I learned. Micah chapter 7, verse 1 to 20. What misery is mine? You see, he's talking about himself. If you read, let's go back to chapter 1, verse 1. This is where the word of God came to him to speak to some of the prophets. In chapter 1, he says, the Lord gave these messages. Can you go back to uh, New um, King James Version, please? The word of the Lord that came to Micah, the Moroshites, in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Jesus Christ also said that, let's go to Jerusalem. Samaria and Jerusalem and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, correct? So this is the word that came to prophet Micah who also spoke to these prophets, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning that land of Samaria and Jerusalem. This time, we are also going to talk about Manhattan City, a city that God concerned us the people that God has placed in us, God loves us, and the Lord wants us to change. God wants to pour his love onto us. He wants the church begin to realize how much he loves us. And the love that he has laid upon us, we should also lay it onto one another. Is somebody hearing me? This is what we are about as parents. What tells us that we are good parents? What tells us that our children are receiving from us? What shows that we are good parents teaching our children how God has instructed us to teach our children? What kind of example are we giving to them? Hallelujah. Before we go to Micah, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's hear what God says about life of parents. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Why don't we start from 7 place? 
and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. God is telling us, we shall teach them diligently unto thy children. Teaching them what? His word. If you start from the beginning, he says, the word of God came unto me. So he's talking about his word. We can teach his word unto our children. And shall talk of them when thou sittest in thy houses. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. Verse 8. And when thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes. Verse 9. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. This is exactly what the Lord is saying when he spoke to Moses to tell the people in his time, in Deuteronomy, the, the fifth book of the Old Testament. God spoke to Moses. He was talking to the parents. Today, many parents have heard the word of God. The word of God that came to Moses to tell them is to that. Go back to verse 6. He says, you will teach them the word. You and thou shalt teach them diligently. What are we teaching our children today? Are we teaching them or are we showing them how to use phones and tablets? Parents these days don't know read their Bibles. They go home, first thing they do, they pick up their phones, they start what's happening. Children grow up seeing what mothers and fathers are doing at home. So they copycat it and we rebuke them that they are not studying because they are always on the phone. Have you forgotten? You as a parent, you are not reading either. You are not teaching them the word. Do you sit down with your children and open Bible and teach them what God is saying about their lives? Neither you as a parent. How do you lead them? But God is saying, Teach them diligently unto thy children. He didn't say thy friends. Some of us, when we meet our friends, we quote scriptures. We try to share your own house. You cannot share with them. Your children. That's hypocrisy. You want to prove to your friends that you are a believer? Church, you are not. Until you build your home. Can we go to Timothy? First Timothy, I believe. I believe. I just don't want to deviate, so let me search the word. First Timothy, I believe it's 5.8. We don't teach our children, neither do we pray for them or do we pray with them. We don't. The Bible said that when we are walking on the street, we teach them the word. You will see certain things. Church, there are so many things going on in this world. You see a man dressing like a woman. You teach your child that it's not right. If you don't, the child's eyes have seen. It's feeding her. It's somehow, devilish way, it's feeding her. Until you speak against such. For his eyes to open that it's not right for a woman to dress like a woman. I mean a man. Neither a man to dress like a woman. There's no need for a man to have lipstick. It's taboo. There's no need for a man to kiss another man on the streets or home, anywhere else. It's unacceptable. Our children are seeing this and the things that they see, they think it's normal. 
Church, I'm sorry. Until you open your mouth and teach your child, she will not or he will not understand it. So begin to teach them. That is why Moses is saying, let me read this to you. But if any provide not for his, for his own and especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith completely and is worse than an infidel. Scholars, Antiyama, what is an infidel? Needy Pastor Anita, help me. The word infidel means unbeliever. Someone, you are in church, but God is calling you because you have not provided for your own home. Bible is describing you as unbeliever. He says you are worse than unbeliever. The title of my message is Parenting in the Worst Time. So, if you are here, and Jeff, you have not teach Dashen and his brother how to read the word. You have not provide for them their need. You have not pray for them, neither praying with them. You have not walk with them outside the street, teaching them the word. God is telling you today, you are worse than infidel but I see change coming over you I see transformation coming over your life I see you teaching your children how to study the word from today I see you praying with your children I see you walking with them with the word of knowledge word of God and word of understanding you know when the Lord said in Jeremiah that he will give us pastors after our own hearts what it means is that God is going you as a pastor in your own home you will feed your children with knowledge and wisdom and understanding it's not only in the church that the pastor has to come and stand here and preach and when he's preached you don't take nothing with you to even invoke in the life of your children I'm speaking to the fathers like I said and all parents I'm preaching my life so please don't judge me it's either you take something out of it or you don't say nothing before something else comes over you glory be to God I say glory be to God can we go back to my scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6 I'll try to be fast as much as I have a lot to share and teach them diligently after teaching them what is he says he says when thou sittest when you are comfortably sitting in your living room instead of watching soap operas watching naked bodies on the TV instead of you flipping your phones testing saying unnecessary things the Bible says that when thou sittest in thy house teach them the word of God when thou walkest by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, when you grab somebody's hand, like my precious sister, when I grab her hand like this, and I begin to walk with her, we talk about spiritual things, spiritual things, things about Christ, so that Satan cannot permeate us. 
because the Bible says evil communication, it corrupts good manners. Many of us walk in the street. Thank you very much. Many of us walk in the street and we talk about foolish things. And today, the things that our eyes see outside is dangerous. I usually tell my wife, I don't know if I respect breasts anymore. At home, I see them. As soon as I come from home to the elevator, I see them. Right in my face, naked, without, with no shame, popping up all over as if it's okay. Today in the church, people dress like that. They come to weddings, they go to churches, they go everywhere with their breasts showing with no shame. So, reason why it has been is because we have not taught our children that it's not good to show your breasts. So, as they are growing, they are also showing their breasts, thinking that it's okay. When you walk in the street and you see such, you tell your child, you see, this kind of dressing is not appealing to God. So, as you have seen it, it does not mean it's okay for you to dress like that. It's a good place to put your hands together for the Lord. <laughs> Lord mercy. And when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down, when you lie down, you read Bible stories to your children. You open scriptures. Then you teach them the word of God. When thou liest, when it's time for you to sleep, when it's time for you to sleep, teach the word. Church, I am telling you this. Satan is at work and he's always fighting us. If you don't preach or you don't teach your children, Satan will teach them certain things that you may not like at the end. Today, teachers are feeding our children the worldly things. You have to come home and rebuke such by teaching the word of God, telling them it's not acceptable for a man or a boy and a girl to share bathroom. When a young girl went to bathroom, you don't need to go there. You don't have to. You wait for the, can you imagine? So right now, I'm even amazed. Oh, I don't even know how life can be. You have people who have changed. They're called so-called transcendent. So which bathroom do they go? When I am in my male room, male bathroom, a woman comes there pretending to be a man. How? As I am using the bathroom, she is sitting. What is that? Because when we lie down, we don't teach them the word. When we walk in the pathway, we don't teach them the word. When we sit at our living room, we don't teach the word. How many of you, parents, take time and share the word of God with your children? Verse 7. Verse 8. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, 
and they shall be as frontless between thy eyes. Listen, church. When you begin to teach your children the word of God, you begin to see the fruitless of God in their lives. You begin to see changes. In fact, they talk different. They behave different. They react different. They are responsive to your words are totally different. You are worried because your children does not respect you. Ask yourself, what are you teaching them? If they don't respect you, it's not them. There's the demon that has entered them. So as a parent, you are a caretaker. You are a coverage. You need to stand in the gap and intercede against such spirits and they will be delivered. I said they will be delivered. How can that happen? Do not be afraid to discipline your child. As a matter of fact, you are a wicked parent if you do not discipline your child. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11. The Bible said, now no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous. The word chastening is discipline. God does not punish us. It's not true. I, there's no way in the Bible that God tells us he punished us. He chastened us, which is discipline. And the word discipline is good for us. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. Mothers, parents, fathers, who do not discipline your children. Bible say that it's okay. It's painful. But listen to this. But afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. If you are a child, you are sitting here and you think your mother, your father is not disciplining you and you call that love. I'm telling you, your mother, your father hates you. They hate you. They want your life to be miserable. They want you to grow and stand on the corner of the street and beg and sell drugs. That is the reason why they are not disciplining you. They may not tell you that. But in the realm of the spirit, that is exactly what they are doing to you. Pastor, my mom buys me everything. He buys me Nike shoes when I want it. You see, parents are becoming given, given, given. You give to your children so much that they don't even study. To the point when they are not studying, you don't have nothing to say. They don't even listen to you. The only time they listen to you when you buy them. You are a weak parent. I'm not saying it. Let me show you a scripture. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24. Bible says, if you refuse to discipline your children, it proves you don't love them. Did I say that? Oh, your response. Did I say that? Is it written in the Bible? Do you believe in the Bible? Do you agree with me what I'm reading? So please, don't be mad with me when I'm saying that you are a wicked parent. Jesus is telling us, if you refuse to discipline your children, it proves you don't love them. 
if you love your children, you will be prompt to discipline them. You will be what? Prompt to do what? Chapter 29, verse 11. Actually, let's read verse 13. Proverbs 29. I will be quickly jump into Micah to tell you what prophet Micah did. Everything that we are reading, it happens to Micah. It's life. That happens to me in life. A fool gives full vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. Continue. If a ruler honest liars, all his advices will be what? So that means lying is not part of life. Most parents are lying to their children. You are the ruler at home, but you are lying to them because you are not disciplining them. You are feeding them the wrong things. Wrong message. So your child grows and behave the same way. You know, a lot of marriages are broken because of parents. I'm sorry. When you raise a child, you don't raise a child for you. You raise a child because somebody will marry that child and that person will not have problems. Other than that, she will come back to your home and you will blame the spouse. And you have forgotten her or his behavior is because of the way you raise him or her. But you see, you don't rebuke her, you will rather insult your in-laws because you think he or she is being abusive to your child, your son, your daughter or your, your son. May the Lord have mercy on us. Can you jump to verse 15 please? To discipline and reprimand a child produces wisdom. You want your child to be wise. Begin to reprimand him. Begin to discipline him. Church, you love your child to discipline him. But a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. Look, at the end, your child will disgrace you. You just, you don't accept the truth. That's why you are sitting there like that. Because you know your child is disgracing you because you didn't raise her properly. Can you change this to New um, King James Version? Please. The rod and reproof, it gives wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to what? Thank you. Parenting in the worst times, in the environment where we are, the world teaches our children to have rule over themselves. Church, that is the world. Please, I'm begging you, begin to apply spiritual ways to raise your child. You don't hate your child. I'm telling you, if anybody is telling you, you hate your child, that person is a liar. As a matter of fact, you are the wisest person that God has raised. You love God. That is why you are disciplining your child. A father that knows what goes on behind his daughter's phone, the things that goes on, is a great father. 
Many of you sitting here naively knowing what is going on in your children's life. But you think they come to church every day and everything is okay. Church, Satan is after them. To live alone with them, they will never do such. But there are bad influences out there that are influencing them, which you have ignored that part because you think he or she will not do certain things. You want to be wise? Take your child's phones and see some languages if you will be happy. In the scripture, the Bible says that, Peter, I have prayed for you because Satan is trying to sift you. Jesus. The devil... His way is to destroy our children. His way is to weaken them, to let the word of the world influence them, thinking that that is the only way for them to survive. So when they come home, they say, Daddy hates me or Mommy hates me because certain things have been revoked from me. Church, don't let these words affect you. Rather, be strong parents. Be a strong parent. Be a strong parent. And children, accept that mommy loves you. Accept that daddy loves you. If you think your teacher loves you, I'm telling you, it's not true. He's working for money. He get paid for what he do. Mommy, daddy does not get paid for raising you. Do you pay them? How much you give to your mom every day? How much do you give to them every month? Not much. You are twins, right? It's not easy for a mother to bear twins. You know, he's, she's, she raised two people at the same time where others are raising one. They are struggling. You, you are two. When you sleep, he's up. When you are going to the bathroom, he's crawling to the kitchen, trying to do something that is not good. So your mother has to divide herself into two. To bring two of you up in a way that God wants you to be up. How much have you paid her? Zero. Huh? Zero. Zero. Hey, don't you think your mom works? She does. And why are you not paying her? Does your mother pay your school fees? Uh, yeah. She buys your books? Yes. <laughs> the school fees that she pays, who does it go to? The school. The school. Thank you. A teacher who is being paid will tell you anything because he needs to make money. Have you met sales reps before? Where I work, <laughs> where I work, my work deals with a lot of sales reps and the things, the things that they are selling, when, sometimes when they tell me the prices, it blows my mind. Screws. There's something they call a synthesis screws. Tiny. And those screws, one costs almost $8,000 just to put it in your toes. Some of you, when you have bunions, you go to the doctors, they do this bononectomy and all these things. They put screws there. 
And one of those crews cost $6,800. Liz, where is Liz? Liz, do you work in a Perry app or message? Where do you work? Perry app or the message? In the OR? Oh, so you know such things. Dr. Akia, you know such. The implants that goes to the body, that people are sitting here, some of them, they have metals in their body. Those metals are not cheap. <laughs> she worked for one of the surgeons that I work with. They order implants all the time. I can't mention the names of these implants here, but those implants are extremely expensive. Sometimes I ask myself, why do they need it? But they also need their life to function well. It's a good place to put your hands together. <laughs> Proverbs 22 verse 6. I'm talking about parenting in the worst times. Teach your child to choose the right path. And when they are older, they will remind upon it or remain, sorry. They will, can you go back please? Train a child in a King James Version. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you train your child to be a great marriageable woman, as a mother, you will be at peace. I'm talking about a marriageable woman. You train your child how to clean bathrooms. Literally using your hands to wipe and clean. You train your child how to do ironing. You train your child how to dress, putting on nice apparel, nice clothes. Bible says that older man, older women, teach these younger ones how to dress. Dressing is part of spiritual life. Train your child how to cook good food. Men love to eat. And if you want your child to marry, if you want them to marry and have a good marriage, teach them how to cook. It's a spiritual thing. Teach them how to wash dishes. Teach them how to organize their room, their beds, changing the sheets, putting them in a proper place. When they wake up, tell them where their clothes are, are not supposed to be on the floor. That is the reason why you have closets. That is the reason why you have drawers. That is the reason why you have bought them. Don't use them as decorations. Pastor, why you say this? I also have children. I have three, not one. And they are all becoming teenagers. And, and the mother four. And, <laughs> and for me, I don't tolerate such, honestly. Because I, I was raised in a hard home. Very difficult. Most of you who knows who my dad is, especially for those who are from Kumasi, he's a very well hard person, very disciplined person. Even to the point where flower pots, I have to wash it. Use soap and sponges because they have something they call it. There's a paint that is shiny that no matter you wash it, it's clean. The dust. And in Ghana, there's, that is dusty. 
and I do this every time I come from school. Every single day. Left alone. When I wake up in the morning, then you better wake up early. As late as you are, your bed has to be fixed before you set your feet out there. You have to, we are four boys. Everybody knows how to cook. I'm talking about cooking. There's no food I cannot cook. No way. Look, I was myself before my wife came into my life. And I never eat from outside. I cook varieties. When I joined the church, I was single. I have all pastors coming to my house weekends, Sundays. They come and eat and they leave their children with me. And they go for visitation. By the time they come back with their children, I'm cooking. I wasn't a parent. No wonder by the grace of God, I know how to raise children. By the grace of God. When my sisters gave birth, I was home. Every day, I am there. I was changing diapers. My three children, every one of them, I changed diapers every single day, without a doubt. And I do better than job than my wife. It's true. Ask her. She can attest to it. I wash her clothes. I'm not ashamed. I wash her clothes. It's true. Ask her. I fold them. I pack them. As a matter of fact, I organize her closet for her. I'm preaching my life. I told you. Sometimes I get upset. So I wait when she goes away. By the time she comes back, the whole closet, the whole home, everything is well organized. I am very melancholy. I'm very organized when it comes to certain things. I don't mix blue, greens together like that. She comes back, she finds her jeans, her pants, her clothes, her dresses, everything well arranged. Including her underwears. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. You see, a lot of men can talk about this, but you have guts in the dark. You try to pull their underwear down. Without a shame, you touch it. You, as a matter of fact, you, with your tongue, you can even with your teeth, you will take the dress out. But you are acting as if, while you're washing your wife's dress and all that, don't bring yourself. Don't bring yourself. Parenting with hope in the worst of times. Church, the problem that we are having is because we have allowed sin to dwell into us. So we don't see these good things to the point where when a mother is disciplining the child, the father interacts, intervene, say otherwise, children will never respect you, such father. Because naturally, children are manipulative. And they know how to manipulate you. I'm telling you, they, they are smarter than you. You don't know. And if, if you allow yourself, they will outsmart you. They know. If I say this to daddy, daddy may not. But when I go to mommy, yes, mommy will. But you see, this is the reason why every parent must be on the same page. You have to agree whether you like it or not. Then when two of you are together, 
alone, you discuss your issues. This thing that you were saying, I think you could have said this way. Not in front of the child. Many parents in front of the children. Oh, take your time. It's okay. Da, 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 da. The child will do the same thing to you. And worse. The Bible says, train up a child away that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Many of you, your marriage is not working. If you look at it, your parents' marriage did not work. And if your parents can tell you the truth, his or her mother's marriage didn't work. And you see this becoming a trend. And you are not doing nothing about it. Sitting there and thinking that it is Satan. Check yourself. If the word of God is prevailing in your life, transformation will bring blessings to you. Divorce may have, may, may have happened to your mother or your grandmother or your grandmother's mother, but you, it may not happen to you because the word of God will become infallible in your life. Church, you can only change when you allow the word of God to be part of you. <laughs> Your life can only be transformed when the word of God becomes meaningful in your life. When you begin to walk with the word, don't sit there to become hearers, but become doers of the word of God. When you do the word, God will do in your life. It's as simple as that. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Let me go to Micah. Micah is saying, woe is me. I have become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned. Micah chapter 7 verse, verse 20. I mean verse 1. The book of Micah, please. Woe is me, for I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits, as the grape linens of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first striped fruits. Verse 2. Please, quickly. We just want to run through. The good man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. They hunt every man, his brother, with a net. Verse 3, that they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asked and the judge asked for a reward. And the great man, he uttered his mischievous desires. So they wrap it up. Verse 4, the best of them is as a prayer. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of thy watchman and thy visitation cometh. Now shall be their perplexity. Trust ye not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her, her that from her that lieth in thy bosom. Here he's talking. Micah is talking about his wife. He's a prophet. He's married. He's talking about a woman that rests in his arm, his bosom, who put her head on his chest. He's talking about her 
And he, because of what is happening, he says, trust not her. Why would he say that? Because of what? Let's continue. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for God, for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Church, until we begin to take God in us, every mistake will become something great in our life. As a matter of fact, we will only ponder on errors. Nothing good will come out of our mouth until we take the word of God with us. Verse 8. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I fall, I shall arise. I don't care what people have said over you. I don't care what you have been through. But I want you to know there is a God that we serve whom is I am that I am. His name is Jehovah Jireh. He is the host in your life and he's ready to redeem you out of the pits that the enemy is trying to dip you in. I will bear the indignation of the Lord. Everything I will bear. Indignation of the Lord I will bear because I have sinned. Certain things may come but be, look, endure it. Most of you, you know the reason why certain things happen in your life. But I'm telling you, just rest in the arms of the Lord. Because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Life itself is about judgment and mercy. Sin is in the middle. Always. Judgment and mercy. Sin is in the middle. We make mistakes, but judgment and mercy is there. If we rest in the arms of the Lord, he is willing to bring judgment to us. And his judgment is in our favor. His judgment and his message is unto us when we begin to believe in the word of God. Not our own intellects. Not on the things that we think we can do. Some of you think that you are too smart. You make money. You make everything. You achieve everything. So you speak boldly. You speak with proud. But I tell you, your money, <laughs> your title, your whatever you have collected cannot save you. The next time you meet Mike Jackson, ask him. The next time you meet Bill Gates, ask him. The next time you, you meet, what's the guy's name? Iper, Steve what? Steve Job. And his name is Job too. See if he can give you Job. Ask him. None of their money, their billionaires, could not save them. There's a lady whose name it makes shoes and bags and recently passed. Kate what? I don't know if it's a sh shovel, spade, whatever, I don't know. But whatever name is, all the things that she does could not save him. And these millionaires, as a matter of fact, they die foolishly. They commit suicide. They take drugs. They take medications to sleep. Look at you. By God's grace, you don't want to sleep and you are sleeping. <laughs> By God's grace, you don't pay for your sleeps. By the grace of God, you don't pay for your sleeps. You sleep and you snore. You wake up whenever you want to. These people, they take medication. Still, they cannot sleep. You are still not pleasing the name of the Lord. How much? How much do you want before you see that God loves you? Verse 9, verse 10. Then she, then she that is mine enemy shall see it, and shame shall cover her, which said unto me, Where is the Lord thy God? My eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down 
as the mayor of the streets. People will speak against you. Listen, and the enemies, they are not far. They are within your home. Listen, when you are looking for Satan, don't look far. Look your home. Because Satan is not going to use anybody far but the one that lives with you. That is why, as a head of the family, as a father, if you don't pray, I'm telling you, you will be challenged. Even those who pray are being challenged. Imagine. If you don't pray. Those who pray every day are being challenged. When you don't pray, it's, you are becoming vulnerable to Satan. You are giving him access to your life. So as a Christian, as a father, as a head of the family, your work is not a father just to lead your wife and tell them to cook and to change your clothes and to iron them. Your work, your work is to pray for them and to serve them. For when you serve, then you will see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit over their home. And what serving am I talking about? What serving am I talking about? I'm talking about a father who wakes up and pray for the family and teach them the word of God and mobilize them. As much as they don't like it, you will still go ahead and do it. Don't be a weak father. Don't be a weak parent. Be strong. Be strong. And you are helping your children when you become strong. One day, they will love you. When God blesses them, when God blesses them to have a profession and marry and be happy, they will praise you. They will talk to their spouses. I thank God for my mom and my dad. I always say this to my, my wife. I said, I thank God for my mom and dad. They met my parents recently for the very first time, their children going to Ghana. And they were wondering at their age, they are still working. My dad is 95 years old. My mom is 86. She wake up at 4 o'clock at dawn, cleaning the home. Meanwhile, there are mates at home. There are other children, other people there, they can do this work. But still, she wakes up and clean and cook her husband's food. Doesn't allow the girls to cook. It's at her age, 86. And sometimes I say, Ma, enough is enough. Then he said, Kwabena, if I stop, you think I will still be in this shape? Wisdom will justify by their faith and their children. But see, you... <laughs> Verse 11, I'm done. In the day that thy walls are to be built, in that day shall decree be far removed. Continue, verse 12. In that day also he shall come even to thee from Azariah and from the fortified cities and from the fortress even to the river and from sea to sea and from mountain to mountain. Continue, verse 13. Notwithstanding the land shall be des desolate because of them that dwell therein for the fruit of their doings. For the fruit of their doings. Verse 14. Then he said that feed thy people with thy rod and flock and the flock of thy heritage which dwell solitarily in the wood in the midst of Camel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead in the, as in the days of old. What are you feeding your children? What do you tell them? What do you tell them? What do you give them? What do you buy them? What kind of clothes are you buying for them? What kind of knowledge are you feeding them? What kind of understanding are you leading them to? Every friend of your child is okay. 
Recently, I was talking to one of my daughters. And my son mentioned something. The child is no longer in their school. But I noticed that my child is very close to that child. And I for also like and I didn't know. So I recently I was talking, I was like, this girl, how is she? Then my son says something. I said, that's it. You will never talk to this child anymore in her life. That is the end of your relationship with this child. I don't care. The, the parents love us, I mean, too much. They do anything for her. But I don't care what you do for my child. I am concerned about my child's future. Where God will want to take her. That is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for current, what her happiness will be. I'm looking for where God wants us to be. The Bible does not teach me to allow my children to fellowship with those who do certain things, which is abomination to Christ. But the world says it's okay. It's a preference. It's a choice. How can a child decide who her sex is? Where in the world can a child decide? Neither, I mean, because the adults are doing it. In the adults, they are doing it. So the children, you see, what I told you is that children are watching. They have eyes to see. So what you do, if they are not saying nothing, don't think they don't know. Trust me, they know more than you. Trust me. They know things. According to the days of thy coming out of the land of Egypt, before they brought them, listen, this thing, it just didn't start at all. Go and read Leviticus. When the angels came to visit Lot, the men in the city, they wanted to sleep with them. Then Lot said, I offer my daughters free. Even though it's abomination, it was, it was wrong because you can't have sex not being married. But yet still, because that is the right way to do certain things, Lot offered her, his own daughters. And the man said, we've had enough of women. Hey, we want something new. We want to taste something. Where cometh you? It means Satan has taken hold of you. And that is what is happening in this generation. Church, you need to teach your children with the word. If you ask any of your children, they know there are some of their friends who are like that. They know. You ask them. In their school, they are there. Because it's all over. It's normal. As a matter of fact, they are teaching in the school. Verse 16. The nation shall see and be confounded at all their might. They shall lay their hand upon their mouth. Their ears shall be deaf. 17. Quickly, please. They shall lick the dust like a serpent. They shall move out of their holes like worms of the earth. They shall be afraid of the Lord our God and shall fear because of thee. Verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee? Who is a God like unto thee? That pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighted in mercy. Mercy is coming upon the church. Everyone that Satan has taken hold over us, God is placing mercy upon us. Our children will do well. Our marriages will work. Our parents will teach our children in the right direction. The word of God will be taught in the, in the middle of our children. When we walk in the way, when we sit in the living room, when we pass, we teach them the word of God. For the Lord is with us. 
he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And I will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Every sin that we have committed is about to be cast into the sea. And it shall never be resurrected in the name of Jesus Christ. God will not withhold our sins against our children. Our children are being set free. Our mistakes will not be counted anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Church, I challenge you. I want you to begin to let your antennas go out. The source you have is the great source that can change your life. And that source is the word of God. I cannot give you anything more than giving you the word to teach your children. Let's begin to become parents who will wake up in the morning and pray for our children. Parents who will begin to teach our children the word of God. Parents, when we sit at the dining table, we teach the word. When our children are playing with tablets and things like that, let your antennas go out. Watch their phones. Watch what they say. Watch what they are doing. Watch what they are testing. Let your antennas go out. Don't be naive and say that I'm praying and it's enough. You must act on your prayer. When you pray for your child, what do you do for your prayer to become effect in their life? Don't just sit there. Please, educate them through the word of God. And God will bless you. Put your hands together. So why don't you stand off you? planted for the Lord and so and so Longer Lift up your hands. Oh, you alone. You alone. At my heart. Desire and I long to worship you. Start again, please. Start from the top. As I did. responded to the altar call for you to accept Jesus Christ Jesus the Savior Christ the anointed one if you have never responded to an altar call I urge you this afternoon lift up your hands where you are and I will pray for you if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ this afternoon wherever you are lift up your hands 
and I will pray for you. Church, do not be ashamed. Do not be embarrassed. Christ, a life without Jesus, a life without Christ is a losing game. Or if you are here and you believe that your relationship with Christ is not how it's supposed to be, I'm here. We are here together to help each other. I will pray for you. I will say a word prayer over your life. Lift up your hands wherever you are and accept Jesus Christ. And I will pray for you. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. The Bible said that he came for our sins. The reason why Jesus Christ came is for me and you. And Jesus is here. He is coming again to redeem his children. If you don't know Jesus, lift up your hands and I will pray for you. If you have lifted up your hands, I see a hands over there. If your hands is lifted up, please do one more thing for me. Let us glorify the name of the Lord. Let us give glory to the Holy Spirit. If your hands is lifted up this morning, I want to ask you to take a step. Take one more step and come forward. Take one more step. If your hands is lifted up, please take one more step and come. And I will pray for you in the name of Jesus. Oh, Rablo, Lebra Sandelekebe, Rema Satalibrandalababa, in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Why don't you put your hands together for our dear sister as he's walking? Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My dear sister, if there is any greater thing that you have done in your life, this is the one. You have no idea what you have just done. God has dwelled richly in you. It's a gift that no man can offer you but Jesus Christ. That is the gift of salvation. You know what it means by lifting up your hands? It means you are surrounding your mind, your body, your souls. You are declaring that you can do nothing without Jesus Christ. And by doing so, Christ is within you right now. Please say after me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you for today. I thank you for saving me. Please, Lord, write my name in the book of life. Satan, hear me and hear me again. You have nothing to do in my life anymore. Everything that you have used me for is past because of the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you have said this prayer, your name is written in the book of life. God bless you. Let me pray for you. Father, Father, I thank you for our dear sister, Sister Wanda. Lord, I lift up before you. Oh God, Father, 
I plead the blood of Jesus, the blood that has never loses its power. Let that blood cleanse her from all unrighteousness. Father, purify her, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the word of God will manifest over her. Lord, in the name of Jesus, may her steps be ordered by you. For Bible says that the steps of the righteous man, oh God, are ordered by you. May the angels of the Lord take full charge over her and let her feet be established in your presence all the days of her life. In the name of Jesus. Father, I rebuild the devourer on her sake, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. My God, my King, my Savior, the I am that I am, may your perfect will be done in her life. For your word says that it is your will that none perish. Thank you for saving her life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. And let every saint say, Amen. Amen. My sister, right after the service, do not be hurried to leave. I will be more than happy to speak to you for three minutes. God bless you, Wanda. Have a seat and I'll talk to you. Oh, keep clapping for the Lord. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.